This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Philadelphia Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo, it is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. It's a big day, not for a lot of people. But for Jack Fritz, uh, it's draft day, Jack. I'm so happy. How happy are you? No, I'm excited. I'm literally, I watched. <laughs> you I, woke up this morning with a twinkle in the eye. You're knocking like, stuff down over there. You're so excited. excited. We are. We don't mess around. I watched the 2018 Under Armour All-American game today, <laughs> which I watched some of the perfect game game from them from this year. I'm all in. It's all I've done all day. I'm just re- I'm looking at mock drafts. Kylie McDaniel, our friend from the last <laughs> oh, podcast, he put out a new mock draft. Like I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. Like there's, look, let me just say, put it this way: there's a potential of a Hunter Bishop fall, and I'm here for it. <laughs> Keith Law had Hunter Bishop to the Phillies at 14, and I haven't been able to stop thinking about it since. Oh, also, Jackson man. Rutledge, my large six eight adult male son, he is also supposedly falling he might be there at 14 if either of those guys are at 14 the high hopes pod is organizing a streak down brush <laughs> well there's a room you have to eat a shoe out there yeah too. like all right can i, can I, <laughs> right. Can I dress shoe yes game? all right so we'll get to the draft coming up we'll get to who jack wants who he doesn't want we'll get to that but for the vast majority of our listeners who care a lot more about the major league club we'll dive into that start with Shoegate, and then we'll get into the most important thing that's ever happened in the philadelphia phillies Nick Pavetta start yes. yesterday. Um, I would like to. Th- I would like to think. By the way, before we get to this, I would like to think that the High Hopes podcast has made people care more about the. Draft. <laughs> I, I think it's possible. Let me put that out there. It's I, a real I, possibility. We are cultivating smart fans. This? In this I think the High Hopes podcast has definitely made people care more about Nick Pavetta. Yeah, that's well, that's for sure. that's for darn sure. So <laughs> let's let's address Shoegate because you know Shoegate. A lot of people took this. Very seriously. So just to set the stage, Jack tweeted out prior to the weekend. I was very bored on a Friday night. If put that Nick out there. Pavetta goes five innings against the Dodgers, I'll eat a shoe. Right. That was the that what was put on Twitter. That was physically put on Twitter. Wrote it. uh, it's and out there. It was you know, I'm shocked at the reaction it got because I'm pretty sure I <laughs> I'm pretty sure I tweeted it out like ten o'clock at night on a Friday. It's like, mm-hmm. what are you nerds doing? But I appreciate it. Um and let me just say that I'm th- Nick Pavetta did last five innings. I, Six, in fact. He, he, I mean, we'll get there. We'll get there. Ooh, buddy. Highly disappointed in my Twitter following. Um, I saw a lot of ads at Old Takes Exposed, and I just, I, I'm so confused. It's like, what do they want you to do, right? This is, I am trying <laughs> to help out. I am trying, not only did I bring us Bryce Harper, I turned around Nick Pavetta. This is the power that the mush holds. Everyone's adding Old Takes Exposed. I'm just like... Do you not understand what I'm doing here? Like, does, does no one? Does, are we just off on what I'm trying to do? And everyone's like taking it very, very literally. I'm not eating a shoe. I mean, like, if I need to, I'll eat a shoe. But like, but like, can we relax? It was like, it was like Jack Fritz. I'm watching you. It's like, what is wrong with you people? It's just, it's Man. obvious. It's what I'm trying to do. I don't know. Come on. I just, I need people to have some fun for once oh, on Twitter. Man. So you're not eating a shoe. I'm not eating a shoe. <laughs> Do I need to put one in my mouth? Like, I just put I it in my know. mouth? I don't think that would satisfy people. Okay, well, then, sorry. I'm not eating a shoe. <laughs> I didn't want to watch you eat a shoe anyway. No, I just, <laughs> We're good. Yeah, no one needs to see that. <laughs> Keep using your powers for good, Jack. That's all I'm trying don't to do. Don't let anyone get to you. They just, have. Just embrace it. Well, I, I muted it, so I can't even see what's there going on. There you go. Anymore. See? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, our boss is involved. Yeah. he's Of course he is. <laughs> Any way to make me look bad, he'll try to do. <laughs> all right, let's talk some Phillies. Uh, not the best weekend, Jack. I mean, we'll get to we'll get to Cy Pavetta, but on the whole, takeaways from what at times they fought hard and all that, but ultimately they went to L.A. and they got swept. Yeah, and they got swept. Obviously, everyone knows that. But it's weird, James. 
I'm not that upset about it. Wow, look like at I'm you. just Jackie positivity over here. Jackie, I, good thoughts. Because I think that they were close to winning those games, and I thought that obviously the Sunday game got out of hand. Whatever. Yeah, but, but no, it was it was zero zero through the end of the seventh. So. Right, right, right. And uh, I thought Saturday was just a good baseball game. Very easily could have won. Whatever. Absolutely. I think House of Horrors for Hector Neris. Yeah, I can't do it. It's unbelievable. <laughs> can't do it. Um, but I just I just think that I think they competed against the Dodgers team. I think the Dodgers are at another class, um, and I think it I think it opened up. The Phillies' eyes to what they need. Yes, like, like, like that is that is the takeaway right there, Jack. Like, if you want to play, if you want to get into the Dodgers class, which they won't do this year. Like, what I came away thinking was that they have too many holes to fill at one deadline. And I also came away thinking I don't want any one year guys. So, like, I don't want Baumgartner. I don't want Will Smith because oh, they, no. it's, but it's not because it's, it's not worth because it. Because you just feel like this year they're not winning the World Series. So why add resources to something for this season? That's I think Baumgartner is a piece that puts you over the top rather than gets you like. Like I think I think Bumgarner needs to be added to a team that's already kind of set. We'd be we'd be viewing Bumgarner as like our 08 CC, and he's not 08 CC. You know what that I mean? Didn't work out for the Brewers. Well, I know I it did. And I, people forget that Shane Victorino well. took him yard, but um, <laughs> but like I just I just I want I, if you're gonna make a trade this year, I, I just want more multi-year guys. Like if you're gonna make a big trade. I, obviously, the minor trades, like Jay Bruce trade, fine. Fine. Like, they give up. Yeah, we'll get to the Jay Bruce. Right. Trade. Fringe fringe moves. I'm cool, but like. If you're gonna, I don't want to give away like a Hazley, uh, these kind of prospects for a one-year rental because there's, I just don't think it's gonna happen this year. Like when I watch the Dodgers team, it's like they have the depth, they have so they have the good version of Jared Eikhoff mm-hmm. coming out of their bullpen. Yeah, like Ross that, Stripling is the good version. Of Jared. There's no question. Like about that's that. what we want Jared Eikhoff yes. to be, and he comes out of their bullpen. If Ross Stripling on this team would be our third starter, and, and maybe even our second starter. Second starter. Yeah, uh, they, and they, he's a bullpen guy. Who Urias? piece of whatever yeah. as a person, but would probably be a top three starter for the Village right now. They, they have, got two guys in their pen who could be a, a top three, top four starter for the Village. Their right. only flaw is getting through like the seventh inning. Like They have an ERA in the in the eights in the seventh inning, so they'll get one bullpen yeah, guy. it's the Pedro Baez's of the world and all that. Yeah, and they, they have matchups for righties, lefties. They have their closer. Offensively and defensively matchup for righties. Yeah, so listen, I, I just think that this this weekend, I think the Phillies, I think the Phillies have... The makings, they have a good core. I think the Phillies have a very solid core. They just don't have the fringe pieces to that. They don't have the complementary pieces to that. They don't have the full roster fully made out yet. I thought they competed. I thought they played hard. Um, I thought the Pavetta start was obviously a ama- Like, the Pavetta start could be a turning point for the entire season. It could be a turning point for his career. Who yeah. knows? I mean, it could be. It could be. But It was e- easily the biggest start of his career and gave us one of the best starts of his career Against maybe the best lineup he's ever faced, certainly yeah. one of the best he's ever faced. For sure, and I mean that—that's the Pavetta that we saw in spring training, mm-hmm. and that's a guy that you could envision starting a playoff game for you. I mean, that's the kind of he looked like he was ready for a big game. He and that's did, a, man. That's Bulldog a, Pavetta on there. Maybe I'm not as down because of the Harper home run on Saturday and the Pavetta start on Sunday. Like maybe that's why I'm not as down. But I, I left the weekend just thinking the Dodgers are in another stratosphere, and I thought the Phillies played hard against them. Yeah, see, I'm more down than you are for the reason that it felt like the Dodgers. Dodgers were in another stratosphere, and I guess that hits me a little. Not that I didn't know it, but it still hits me a little harder than it hits you. I, however, look, the Dodgers are clearly a better team. Depth, everything we talked about. And and look, they could still make moves, too. It's not the only the Phillies going out and making moves. The Dodgers can still add to what they have. We saw them do it last off, or last season at the trade deadline. But, um, I, look, baseball, t- I've seen too many times where a team gets into the playoffs hot and makes a run. I, I think that... This team is good enough to make a run. They're good enough to get hot at the right time, get some good pitching performances, and win a seven-game series. So I'm not totally against the the Bumgarner, Will Smith-type guys. And with Bumgarner, I think you're making that trade with the hope to 
sign him to a deal right. as if, well, I would think. If you can if you can do an extension upon the trade, totally in. That's, right. a, that's a different story. Sure. Um, so I, I understand your position. I don't totally disagree with it, but I'm okay still saying, hey, this team is good enough to make a run. I'm not saying they're the favorite in the National League or the World Series, obviously, but they're good enough. They've got enough there to make a run They've been, with some pieces added. Agreed. They have, they have top-end talent. I would mm-hmm. say they have top-end talent, but right now, if I'm going into playoff series, I think you have a black hole at third base, and you don't totally... <laughs> black, <laughs> black Island. Yeah. He's, uh, Michael Island's not doing well. <laughs> no. Um, it's actually <laughs> started to sink under the water, yes. Jack. The, the island itself is going to be gone soon. Yeah, it's getting there. Um, 150 Yeah. in his last... You see that Corey Simon before the Sunday game put out? Out. In his last 100 at bats, he's betting 150. Well, he's the best eight holder in baseball. So. <laughs> <laughs> so. How sad is it that he's like probably lower tier number eight hitters at this point? You know what's funny is, well, not funny, but somehow he's down to 210 when he was batting like 280 yes. for the first month of the season. Yes. Like it's been a dramatic, yeah. dramatic he's been drop like off. Really, really, really bad for a while now. Epically bad. Yeah. So you have the third base thing, you have center field, center which field, you're which you're not sure on. Uh no no bench. I mean, last yesterday I had a pinch hit Phil Goslin in yeah. the sixth inning, and I don't blame him for taking up Pavetta because I think that I think the, that was the right move. I do too. You it needed was, a run. That was the second time all game you had a runner on second base. It's a zero zero game. Plus, forgetting that the offensive part of it. You got six brilliant innings from Nick Pavetta. If he goes out and and gives up even a run, you know, you start to feel less good about that start in his head. I just think it was a spot where, sure, I'd love to have Pavetta for another inning, but I'm taking the chance it runs there. And you know what I would have liked in that situation? Jay Bruce. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Granted, lefty on the hill. But yes, that's why they got Jay Bruce. Let's talk about Jay Bruce because, I, look, I think there's no one alive who can look at that deal and say it wasn't a good deal just on a basic level for the Phillies. They gave up, uh, what, a, a potential utility yeah. guy most likely, yep. and they're only paying $2.75 million of the salary the next two years. You're getting Jay Bruce for under a million and a half a year. I mean, I I don't see any downside to it. I don't see any downside, but I do think people are going a little overboard with how like amazing of a deal it was. Listen, oh yeah, Jay Bruce is a bench player. No, I know. I, 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 He'll I, get some starts, but... I just think it's a little. Sh- I'm a, there's something fishy about getting Jay Bruce for. I don't get it. Like it makes no sense. Yeah. Like the, what? Is, what is? What is the upside from the Mariners? There? Well, they did give us Gene Segura. Maybe uh, Clintech has pictures of Depoto or something. That, I mean, but that's right? what I, that's what I'm worried about. Like they're paying 18 million off the contract, which is like I don't think they had to do. Well, and they're apparently not getting a- that's their philosophy. Have you seen this? Apparently, the Mariners are. First of all, they were 13 and two to start the season, and now they're the first team to be selling, which is. Pretty amazing in and of its own. Oh, I'm right? shocked that team didn't yes, last. Yes, who could have seen that coming? Yeah. But uh, apparently, they're saying, "Hey, we want to make deals, and we're willing to take on money." I just how but, do you take? He, how, he, how do you not get anyone back? Yeah. I don't get that's the whole point taking on money. That's what I was worried about. They must really like Jake Shiner. That's the the only possible explanation for this deal is they think Jake Shiner is good. That's it. I guess so. Right? I, I was I mean, worried. What other takeaway is there? When I saw that it was going to be eight, they were going to pay eighteen million. I thought it was going to be like Enyel or like someone that of I could course. actually see or being. I thought good. it was wrong, and it's like, oh no, we're paying the eighteen million, not they are. It yeah. makes no sense. I know. So it's something a little fishy, maybe. I'm, I'm in. I, listen, two, I don't care. That he's betting two twelve. The guy's OPS over eight hundred. He had fourteen home runs, yep. and, and listen, and he hits right into pitching. You need a guy. You need a guy then come in and provide some kind of of pop because Nick Williams wasn't hit this year. He had one home run. He's batting one sixty. Well, like, and especially if you're looking in this division, you look at every bullpen in the division. Not a lot of great left-handed relievers. Like there really aren't when you look through this division. So 
this opportunity where if, if he is coming off the bench, it's going to be harder for teams to match up with something that's really going to hurt you in those situations as And well. if they need to, when Real Muto has a day off, he can be in the five hole. And so it's not Cesar in the five hole. I actually, I like that. I, look, even, and I wouldn't move Real Muto, but like theoretically from a like a lineup versatility standpoint, against a really tough righty, maybe even go Bruce five, Real Muto six, then you get the lefty, righty, lefty, righty, lefty, righty throughout, which is yeah. something you can... You can do that, Jay Bruce. So, and and I there like Jay Bruce can still barrel off a baseball. He has the most. He's high. His highest barrel percentage since since Statcast started. Just wait for uh, uh, this is a little tease, by the way, for my final thought. I'll just say that. Now keep going. Okay. Um. Uh. Yeah. So he's the highest. High, his highest barrel percentage since 2015. Highest hard hit percentage. Like the guy's still squaring up fastballs. Um. He's just he's just a launch angle guy. That's what he like. He's he's right now he's a better version of what Matt Stairs was when they got him in mm-hmm. 2008. So, listen, there's there's no downside to it. I mean, it's not like Jake Shiner's going to come back and bite you. Um, and it's, we it, hope. We think. He's not. And it's $2 million like for the next two years. I, I'm, I'm floored by it. I really, I, uh, it was a great trade. But again, it, you're right in the sense that I think people are getting really excited about the trade when it's, Jay Bruce is not changing this season one way or the other. He's a nice addition. They didn't have a lefty power bat off the bench because Nick Williams sucks. You had to do that? I had to. I don't like it. I anyway. You, 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 um, you, 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 it's funny because the original Nick Williams hater, Jack Fritz, based on Aaron Altair, is now the guy defending Nick Williams. Not defending Nick Williams. It really comes around full You're trying to trade Nick Williams for Will Smith. I'm like, why? Because that happening? I want him to build up some value so I can put him in a trade. Yeah, That's what I want. Didn't work out well. I know, because <laughs> he sucks. I don't know. I mean, I was right that he sucks, but like, I still want to trade him in a deal. Like, I still I'm wanna, with you. I, I wanna, do, too. I would love to. I wish he had some kind of value, but yeah. and now they're gonna, now the team's going to get him for like nothing, probably. Um, but yeah, it was a fine deal. It's good. It's going to help. And it was... I mean, there's no downside to it. The worst, worst case scenario is he... All of a sudden, can't hit hit fastballs right. anymore, which I think is unlikely. He's I only think, here to mash. He's only here to mash. All right, let's get back to the weekend and kind of go through the games. A couple other things I want to talk about. Look, I think we both said, I don't know if we said it on the podcast, but I know we said it to each other. I think we might have even said on the podcast that we felt it was incredibly likely they were going to lose that game one after the getaway day here, flying out to the West Coast. You didn't feel good about that one. I didn't expect Jake Arrieta to suck so hard on Friday night. Not a great outing. Not a great matchup for Jake. But what did you see from Jake? Uh, what I saw. What I saw was that the Dodgers have a very clear offensive plan. Six straight lefties against him. You think to start the game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but when I'm watching them at the plate, they're so they're so one pitch one spot that it's it like blows my mind. I've never really seen a team do this before. So when I was watching all their lefties. Like it's almost they have they it's almost like they have this plan as to where they know where a guy's gonna miss and with what pitch. So like if you watch Pavetta all Sunday, the reason why he was so dominant was because he was just peppering the outside corner and their 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 launch guys like uh, Seager, Muncy and Seager and Peters and all these guys, Verdugo, uh, Bellinger, sure. like he was just peppering the outside corner and they couldn't lift that ball. Like you can't lift that ball if you want to take Bellinger's soul. By the way, well, we'll get there. Um, and and they couldn't if you want to take it the opposite field and get a single out of it. Like the Phillies will take that over a home run. Mm-hmm. And he was just peppering the outside corner. So what Arietta kept doing was that. He was kind of okay hitting the outside corner with the sinker and getting that down, but when he missed, he was missing with his slider up and over the middle of the plate, and it's just like it feels like the Dodgers knew where he misses with his slider and were just pouncing on it. Like there's there's such a there's such a one sounds like they're very uh, well researched, planned yes. out. Oh, maybe this uh, hitting coach guy who never played in the majors, and maybe that's working yeah, out. Maybe he's well. good. Maybe we can <laughs> maybe we can have Ochart replace uh, Maitley next year. Um, <laughs> Let's go. It, that's what it, that's what it seemed like to me. Like watching them, it was like they're so. 
detail and like they did not miss mistakes and that's because I think it has to do with their plan. Like yeah. I don't think they're stealing signs. I don't think they're cheating any of that stuff. I just think that they have such a detailed like they know where you're going to miss, they know where hot zones are, they know where the tendencies are. And when Arietta missed, it was dingers. Like dingers, <laughs> yeah, like dingers, dingers. So, um I, I just think that Arietta struggles against lefties. Lefties have been mashing him, and they, he went up against a horrible matchup for lefties. And when he misses, he can't miss with a sinker or miss with a slider in the middle of the plate. So that's where I'm at on Friday. No, so sounds great for a potential playoff matchup down the road against the Dodgers. We should feel good about. Jake well, I'm Arietta just there. like that team. Remember last year when you we were watching them? It was like they've got strikeout problems. Mm-hmm. They don't have that anymore. <laughs> oh, good. They don't. I mean, I know. Like Bellinger reduces strikeout rate by I think like yeah, ten percent. I mean, Bellinger is just guy's awesome yeah he's just really good all but right. he got owned by nick pavetta let the record show that, that that's all that really he matters got in this world he, he did got son he looks silly against nick pavetta a couple times yeah. which is nice um who even is cody bellinger jack i can't believe we are now 16 and a half minutes in the podcast mm-hmm. and we haven't talked about i mean no offense nick pavetta the most important thing that happened all weekend the opener jack oh the yeah. opener and it worked it did work. What do you think of the opener? Uh, I think they didn't have a choice. I mean, well, obviously, never. I mean, Eflin did the DL. We'll get to that in a sec. But. Yeah, they didn't really have a choice. It's fine. I don't. I, I've long like I don't love the opener, but well, I actually you're a pitcher. That's why. But I didn't. I didn't mind it. Like I thought I was gonna hate it a lot. Like I was going to the game thinking I'm gonna hate this, and then I left the game thinking eh, it wasn't too bad. It worked well. It wasn't too bad. So uh, Jose Alvarez doesn't suck. Starter. He might not suck. How about that? He's been good for about a month now. Yeah. No, he's better, better than we all thought. The opener, I don't want it to be a thing they use a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, I just think the opener is bad for baseball. I'm sorry. That's what. That's your thought. I know. But in terms of winning games, it could be good for winning games it in does certain work. situations. It does work. Uh, I thought it worked. I mean, the, the execution of it, the game plan of it, it felt like they, they've been thinking about it for a while. It wasn't like they just kind of spurned it. They were like, listen, we don't really have a choice. Um, I read today that Gabe went to all the players. He went to like the leaders on the team and explained to them why they were thinking about doing this and if they would be feel comfortable in, in, wow. in having the opener. Good. I mean, good for Gabe, but like, Wow. Well, it's, I mean, like, because last year, I think he had this thing where he would just do whatever and wouldn't console no, the players. I love that he did that. I just, the, the idea that, that in a pinch spot, because Zach Eflin went on the DL, you would have to warn the team, hey, we're going to use an opener, really shows the level of, of kind of discomfort there is with that notion in Major League Clubhouses. Yeah, well, and uh, respect for Gabe for doing it. I'm sure he later. Respect to the Rays for being able to just get everyone to buy it yeah, and roll well, with it. When you win, when you win yeah. with it, it doesn't, yeah. it's yeah. not exactly hard to, to win with it. That's the it's key. not hard the to Rays convince you. The Rays tried it. They won with it. It's like, oh, this is good. It is good. So it worked. Uh, I don't think it's going to, I really don't think that they want it to be a, an occurrence. I don't think they either. I don't think they do either. I think they'd prefer a guy to give them six, seven, uh, but it worked. It was fine. It was an interesting watch. I like I like when Gabe thinks like that. I enjoyed that. it. Yeah, I had fun watching that, game. and not because it was the best game of the weekend, but I I enjoyed the opener. I and enjoyed just env- the, the whole thing. Just envisioning how mad people were getting about. Oh, it was great. Yeah. Oh, love yeah, it. yeah. Yeah, he's Gabe using a freaking opener again. Yeah, this guy's <laughs> yeah, this coconut oil loving. He's using Jose Alvarez. You see him opening weekend. The guy stunk, man. That's all I'm saying. Like, and now the guy's starting a game. You freaking kidding me? Yeah, Gabe, get this this freaking Kapler doesn't know what he's doing. He's freaking Cole Irvin in the fourth. That guy's a starter, man. <laughs> like, what was this, this guy trying to reinvent the wheel? That was an actual call to WIP that yeah, we just played. I just cut it up. Yes, that was Joe from Delco. Yes, calling in. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think there were a lot of people who sound like that saying, that. "Yeah, I'm turning this game off. <laughs> I will not watch this, man." Uh, Bryce's biggest homer is a Philly. 
Shame uh, it didn't turn out to mean more. I think obviously the Homer and Washington, the bat flip, like in terms of just the show of it was was maybe a, a bigger moment for him. But in terms of importance to the team and the game and the season, no bigger homer he's hit than than that eighth inning home run. Well, he's so unclutch that I was sh- <laughs> I was shocked he could even concentrate in that situation. Like, I couldn't believe you. I was actually able to swing the bat right, you know, the game just, on the line. What are you going to do? Just so unclutch. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a big moment for Bryce. I mean, he, he loves playing in Dodger Stadium. He got his first hit as a major leaguer in Dodger Stadium. Uh, he... If all things considered equal, I think he would have liked to have been a Dodger. Um, I heard he's going to sign there. He's so. got. He's, yeah. was, was he playing for the Phillies? Speaking <laughs> the word on the street. <laughs> um, and I just think he and the crowd again with the booing of Bryce Harper. I think it's so weird. Like every it, place he goes, that's the new thing. It's like boom. why are you booing him? It's res- I love it. Boom everywhere he goes. Respect. Say if you care enough to boo that guy, that means that at least you, he matters. I guess you know? so. Yeah, it's fine. I just think it's weird. It um, but yeah, no, it was, that was an awesome moment. It was like one thirty in the morning. I was like, oh. Hi. But, you know, I had, I, had great. A, I was a little tired and then all of a sudden hit it out. I was like, we're back. Yeah. And then, and then there's happened. And, you know, it's and a, we can't get mad at Hector. Look, a, a, yeah. Well, he's been great. Yeah. Let's relax. people. For some reason, that dude steps into Chavez Ravine and sucks. Yeah. And he had to hit a little bit of home run to Will Smith. Like, come the, on, the, Philadelphia's the, own. The other, other, other Will Smith. Yeah. There's so many Will Smiths. <laughs> there's too many. I, I did not know this one existed. I'll Neither be completely I. honest. I, I, you know, we we both watch a lot of baseball. Had no idea the Dodgers had a catcher named Will Smith. There's no. too mu- there's too many Will Smiths. Yes, there's too many in baseball. There's even. too many popular Will Smiths. Yes, like there can be a lot of Will Smiths, but there, there's only one Will Smith, and now there's other Will Smith. Like I mean, Tom McCarthy, or someone mentioned it. Like, what if you have a Will Smith versus Will Smith with Will Smith behind home plate? It's a great point. I mean, well, I do you, he walked out to the. I know that was lame. Cool. That's not cool. Yeah, I kind of hate him for that. Yeah, I wish I wish Hector plunked him for that. Should have plunked him. Would have saved him rules. the game. Would have saved him the game. Unwritten rules, baby. Who knew? Unwritten rules. You, you, you walked play. out to our Philly song. You're going down. Listen, no one knows what the unwritten rules are, so I just made that up. That's like a new that. one. New unwritten well, rule. Well, Jackie, unwritten rules. You're technically in charge. You're you are the master of the unwritten rules. I am. So you I can am. do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, because listen, you'll know the unwritten rules when they happen. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right, uh, Pavetta. Obviously, we talked about it. Anything else from the Pavetta start that really stood out to you? Do I have anything else from the Pavetta <laughs> just, start? Just empty the, the Pavetta mailbag. I mean, buddy, like, what are you talking about here? <laughs> Jesus. I mean, buddy. Come right. on, man. Go. Let me just Nick start. Nick Pavetta, go. Let me just start off by saying this. It feels uh, feels good being dead right about Nick Pavetta. <laughs> um, the guy, because you're not, you know, you're waiting the appropriate amount of time to take a victory lap. Which no, is, just, you know, just one start. Let's go. One start. Everyone knows the rules, um, but no, he was. I, I mean, we're dead right. I mean, he's amazing. He's the, clearly the ace of the staff at this moment. Um, if we need to start a playoff game right now, Pavetta's on the mound. Um, <laughs> playoff Pavetta, playoff Pavetta, wild card Pavetta. We're all back. Um, <laughs> he was just like, dude. The fastball was like ninety five again. It was had jumped to it. It was t- again up to ninety seven, ninety eight too. His curveball was disgusting. And, and all right, so. I came up with this theory watching because I was like, man, he's throwing like a lot of curveballs. Uh, it felt like it was almost every pitch was a curveball. It was unbelievable. And he needs to do that because, as we've talked about on this pod multiple times, it makes everything else in his, in his well, he doesn't have a big arsenal, but like it makes his fastball look way, way better. So I looked it up today and his usage rate yesterday was like 41% curveballs, wow. 13% sliders, and 49% fastballs, I'm pretty sure. And I was, I was wondering, he's kind of following the Patrick Corbin breakout 
uh, plan. Ooh. Because remember, remember Corbin like except for Corbin, it's the slider, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So Corbin like three years ago or two years ago was trying to like mix in all these pitches to go along with his fastball mm-hmm. slider thing, and then he kind of was just like, "Screw it, I'm just going to throw my slider." My slider's awesome. I'm just going to throw that a lot. So I wonder if they're like, "Hey, throw this." I think this feels like this feels like to me. I don't know this for a fact, but it feels like to me a Chris Young implemented plan. Mm. Like he's all about getting balls that spin and throwing as many as, as much as possible. And I think that they're, they 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 have a new game plan for Pavetta, saying, "Hey, throw it a lot. You need to throw it a lot because if you just if you try to throw two fastballs and then a curveball oh two, like you're just going to crush. Like it's mm-hmm. just not going to work." So and your slider isn't good enough to scare anybody. But his slider Whoa. yesterday, it was it was the it was the first time I ever believed in his slider. Wow, it was like I mean that's a big statement. I mean, so you're saying he's almost Kurt Schilling? No, he's a splitter away. We, okay. We've established that. Um, <laughs> but but the slider, the slider was hard. It had bite. It was the hardest he's thrown a slider all season. So he, I didn't know if there was a concerted effort to throw it harder, thinking he would get more bite to it. Um, I saw some of the sliders coming in in like '89, and it was like that's disgusting. Um, it also it, it it was a it was a really really good slider. And I think what we learned, what we saw yesterday, which was interesting, is Nick Pavetta kind of morphing into a pitcher a little bit. So for the first through fourth innings, it was just fastball curveball, and then when he got into the game, started breaking off a slider to go along with the curveball. Listen, giving them something else to see. Third time through a lineup. I mean, third time through the lineup numbers are bad for Pavetta. They were really bad. So if you if you start mixing in another pitch third time through the lineup, that could theoretically get you through that 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 inning better or get through the third time better. So um, and it was like easy from Pavetta. It was easy breezy Nick. Um, it was an unbelievable performance, uh, and just like that's what we saw in spring training. And that's why you believe in a guy like Pavetta. Like you believe in that level of stuff. Like people are like, why would you ever believe in the guy? Because Look at it. Yeah, like, it's Because not every pitcher can do that. Like, Cole Irvin can never do that. Like, Cole Irvin, no matter how great a start he has, his start on Mother's Day, like, he can't look like that. Cole Irvin doesn't have stuff like that. No. And and that's what, what makes Pavetta so tantalizing. And, well, and he's he's like an analytics darling. He's fastballs up, and he's a hammer spin rate curveball. It's what he is. Yeah. And if he can develop that splitter along with it for a third time through the lineup, if he can have a breakdown of, of 45% curveballs and 50-some percent fastballs, that's just a good solid plan because guys will not know what's coming. They're both hard. They're both coming out of the, coming out of the same arm slot. Um, and I just think that that start on Sunday for as down as people are about getting swept by the Dodgers, if you get Nick Pavetta to turn this around... Oh, it's a way bigger deal than any one series. It doesn't matter. But like, the, yeah. game is, the game doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like If you can get Pavetta to, to turn into the breakout Pavetta like you're adding a starter the deadline that you didn't know you'd have yeah, basically a, so a third starter potentially a second starter if the stuff's that great and if you do it consistently again one one start yeah one but start. like but why can't he do that like why can't he do that again I don't know I don't know I'm with you that I'm I agree with you I think that it's there we've seen it like it's in him he can do it I'm a I say it all the time that the whole old baseball HQ thing once you've displayed a skill you own it you can repeat it. And we've seen that Nick Pavetta can do it. And I mentioned before, I, I think in my mind, easily the biggest start of his career. When you look at everything combined, the the fact that it, they're playing the best team in the National League, the fact that they're trying to avoid a sweep, the fact that he's trying to cement a place in the rotation, there are just so many... And the fact that the le- like all those lefties... And it's a bunch of lefties against him who've owned him his whole career. I thought it was such an important start. I don't know how you... Again, one start, but I don't know how you couldn't be incredibly encouraged about Pavetta after something. And his pace. Like he was getting he was the ball, quick, and he's getting he up was on like, the mound. Let's roll, baby. He's dude, like anti Vince Velasquez, dude. Like that's 
I know it's because of me, but like that's what it was like watching me in high school. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, we'll just, get to your return, by the way. Do, oh, did, did, did you see the I stats? I saw your stats. Oh, everything hurts. Let me just say that. Everything hurts in my body. Six innings, 11 Ks, one hit. One hit. <laughs> this guy. This, that poor team. I mean, it wasn't great, but <laughs> but like, honestly, this is going to say. I felt like Walker Bueller. Like the fastball, oh the, the fastball was rising. Only like seven, 17 miles slower, six, 15 miles slower. I don't, you don't know how hard I was throwing. It wasn't 97, was it? No, but <laughs> similar rise. Um, <laughs> no, but man, I was like. Who would have thought you and Nick Pavetta would both come back and have a dominant start in the same day? I think I've uh, listen, great pitching staffs fuel each other. They talk about the 90s Braves. Like point. they would go out there, Glavin would shove, then Mack would shove. Maybe and this is Smoltz would shove. Maybe this is me and Pavetta. I go out and dominate, push him to another level, <laughs> oh, get yes. him to to see that tweet before the game and say, "Man, I got a one up Jack. That's uh, tough to do. It's impossible. It's tough to Just do. Gotta do my best. Is what he should. Honestly, be I'm shocked it was even close. Like I, <laughs> I put out. <laughs> you put out a pretty damn good start. So. Yeah, I had 11 Ks in six innings. Yeah, he, was, he was almost there. He's nine and six. So. I know that's pretty good. Yeah, I, I mean, was doing better competition. Who knows? Could mm, be either. Someone said the Dodgers are a little better than the uh, probably dude. I'll tell you what, directly was guy. It was not great. It was not great competition. But listen, the kid had to do what the kid had to do. You know, you can't control who you play, baby. Hey, man, let's play who's in front of me. That's That's, right. That's all we can do. (laughs) Just like Pavetta on Sunday against the Dodgers, where he sunned Cody Bellinger. Listen, is Cody Bellinger? How can he? How can he even be the MVP right now? Listen, Nick Pavetta two weeks ago was walking Tim Tebow, and now he's owning Cody Bellinger. Not my MVP. It's a great point. Yelich would never. <laughs> Don't say that because Nick Pavetta is probably gonna have to face Yelich nope. somewhere. So. In, the, in the NLCS, it didn't go well the first time. In so. the NLDS, yes, there you go. Look yeah. at you, Yelich versus Pavetta. If you need to start a playoff start right now, is Pavetta on the mound over Nola? It's Nola. You sure? <laughs> Are you sure? Did you see that start yesterday? Look, look. I I will definitely say that that version of Pavetta that we saw yesterday, again, and the whole issue is. Being consistent with it and doing it all the time, but that version of Pavetta we saw yesterday is the second best pitcher on this team. Yeah, when, and in when the we NL. see that guy, and in the- <laughs> you, you are full. This is great. I try to keep. Fritz I tried to keep it in for 30, no, 35 do, minutes yeah, of this it's podcast. Over. It's over. Yeah, well, just let loose. I know. Well, that's why. That's why I'm so like, I'm so not down after the weekend. It's that's why. Let's yeah. be real. Yeah, we should have figured this and out. And opposite too. field Harper. Yes. I mean, I, anytime, is, uh, anytime I can so get opposite sexy. field Harper, it's just ooh, giddy. So sexy. I, I, can't even, I can't even stand it. Uh, speaking of um, guys you can count on pitching-wise, Eflin of the DL. Back tightness. You're all worried. And what's your take on those situations? I'm, just, I'm glad it's not the knees. Me I mean, too. if it's the knees, I'd be more worried. I think he... Maybe I, just needed a rest or two. Yeah. Opportunity presented itself. Not a great matchup anyway. It's like, hey, get beat up by the Dodgers or we go opener. Gabe was, Gabe was uh, frothing at the mouth to use the opener. So. Gabe was like, I got to do this. Sorry, Zach. You need to see for a week. <laughs> you got to do it. Yeah. I got to do it. Yeah. We're playing my old team. I got to do it. I, I got to show them how smart I am. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's my theory. Um, but yeah, I mean, that is, that is a very believable theory. <laughs> Well, because he knew he had Pavetta going. It's a going. very believable theory. Well, he had he had Ariad on on Friday. That's what I'm saying. And then he had the ace on Sunday. Yes. So that. he just figured he'd use the the, uh, the bullpen game. Pavetta six shutout with nine Ks and it took him 82 pitches. Wh- who is that? Three hits. How many walks, Jack? Zero. Zero walks. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. I mean, and he's pounding the zone too. <laughs> I, like I'm I'm almost speechless when I think about it. I rewatched the whole start today. Of course you did. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Better the second time? Yeah. Did it was you like, stop watching after the sixth inning? That's yeah, what I would have done. Yes, of course I did. Look quickly, Velasquez. Just get out of here. Just done with him. You, you, no. You, okay. 
No. Why would I be done? Why? Why? Because he he's not good. I know he's not good. But they have no one in the bullpen that can throw hard, and that was his second straight game. I don't know. I just yeah. He's gonna take a little while to learn how to pitch out of the bullpen. Oh, I think that's oh, what oh wait, hold on. Seeing it. Wait, 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 wait. How do we not talk about this? Velasquez is tipping every pitch. Oh yes, duh! You texted me about it like six times. Right, so and I was a little disappointed. It took you so long to respond. Yes, because uh, I was <laughs> literally sitting on my couch, like yelling at the TV, like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> so, so Vince Velasquez, <laughs> I look at my phone. I got like six tests. Like Velasquez is tipping his pitches. Are you seeing this? Why aren't you answering me? Do you see that he's tipping his pitches? I just want to make sure was I wasn't. Of text I want to make sure I wasn't taking crazy pills. <laughs> so, Velasquez, every time, every time he gets in the game, now he's going out of the stretch solely. So he'll lift his leg. He'll lift his leg, double pat the ball if it's a fastball, or he'll keep his glove in when it's an off-speed pitch. You're telling me at home plate, if you see a guy go into it, like lift his leg, go into his glove, you're not going to see that? Of course you're going to see that. And then when he's not going to do it? Of course you're going to see it. You're gonna a hitter see it. would notice that in two pitches. You'd be like, oh, got it. Yeah, it's just it's 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 crazy to me that they haven't noticed How it. have they not noticed it? I don't know. Because I don't know. What maybe, are you doing, Chris? Young? Maybe they Chris ha- listens. Chris. Maybe they have. It's just he can't break the habit. Like sometimes, oh, great, even well, better. Well, sometimes, sometimes when you when you're really trying to gas it up a little bit, like you'll kind of do the extra. I I get where he's coming from. Like I mean, it helps him stay back. But if you're gonna do it, do it every time. That's the thing. Like that's the thing with tipping pitches is that you if you're gonna do something that you, it's a bad habit, like you're gonna double pat your glove yeah, on a fastball. Double pat when you're gonna throw a, a off speed pitch too. Right. And so, then it doesn't matter. It's not a tip anymore. Yeah. So I mean, tipping pitches. Listen, this happens all the time, and and people like will t- tip pitches and then uh, they'll with stop arm slots. You'll see it a lot. All kinds of stuff. They'll sure. stop tipping and be fine. Listen, I don't know, man. Like I don't think Velasquez. Thought Nola might be tipping his pitches. Yeah, I thought Eikhoff was. Uh, a lot of people think that Craig Kimbrell was there in the postseason. That's why he got. Which his, makes a ton of sense. So. And we'll get to that in a second. So Velasquez, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm, I, I'm willing to to see if it's gonna work out. Because who else are you gonna put in the bullpen? Yaxel Rios? No. <laughs> There's everyone, no. Everyone's done. Hurt, everyone's hurt, man. I, I, Yaxel, for someone who just clearly has stuff, that dude just never puts together. No, he's horrible. Yeah, he's not good. <laughs> he's horrible. Not good. All right, we'll get to the draft in a second. I know that you've. I can't believe you've made it 33 minutes with only a quick mention. So we'll get to that in a sec. But first, uh, along with the draft, anything else from the weekend, by the way? And we'll look ahead to the um, Padres as well. The but. Padres series. Uh, oh, uh, I think one thing we have to start factoring into when the Phillies struggle is I'm wondering if they go as far as Gene Segura goes. One for 18 this weekend. Ooh. One for 18. Gene is the straw that stirs the Some drink. have said that before. So uh, It's possible. When you think about all the times when they're really rolling offensively, Gene is involved. He is. Um, so Gene Segura, I mean, he, he was bad against the Cardinals. I mean, all season he's been bad against the Cardinals. I know they took two or three, but whatever. And then into the Dodgers series, like he's he's, he's now batting under 300. Which, wow, really? Yeah. Oh, no. So, so Seiza, who would have thought Seiza, the only player on the team batting over 300? Yeah. I wonder what if he's batting. I ba- told you on June 3rd, there'll be one player batting over 300 on the team, what would Cesar guess? What guess would Cesar have been coming into the season? Fifth, well, sixth? I want to know what Cesar's numbers are since you said that Cesar blows. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. All right? Yeah. I do what I have to do, just yeah. like Jack in the shoe. Yeah. What can I say? What can I say? Um, so, yeah, Segura, one for 18. I think he's something to keep an eye on. He's, I think he's a catalyst for this team. You know, him getting on it base, makes sense. him moving McCutcheon over him yeah. if he gets on first. Um, if McCutcheon walks in the first inning, Segura's been really good for most of the season of getting him over to third or just moving him along, doing his job. Didn't do his job against the Dodgers, so um, one to one to monitor for sure. That's, that's definitely worth monitoring. All right, uh, draft tonight. Quickly, last night at midnight with the draft being tonight. Finally, the draft pick compensation has been taken off Dallas Keuchel and Craig Kimbrell. It seems. 
Dallas Keuchel isn't even on their radar, at least if you believe all the reports out there. Apparently, Kimbrell very much on their radar. Where do you stand with this whole situation? Uh, it's tough because I don't think either are any good anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Keuchel could be. I just think it's going to take time for him to get ready. I think he's going to take a little bit to build up. And plus, he's, he's not great, he's but such I think a gr- he's fine. He's such a ground ball guy. Yeah. I'm also at the point where I would almost ra- I would ra- I would rather pay Keuchel than Kimbrell. Uh, Me too. I, I, it's no question. They're not going to do it, though. No, it, I, I don't think they get either guy, but it seems like they're far more interested. feels like they're not interested in Keiko at all, Yeah, which is strange to me because as we've talked about a lot, there are a lot of relievers on the market, or, or potentially. You look at the teams that are bad, the teams that will be selling, it seems like there's going to be a fair, and I know you have to give up assets, obviously, but a fair amount of relievers there. And look at the starting pitching market, you know, other than the miners and the bum gardeners and who knows, Robbie Ray, the Diamondbacks Stroman. still competing. Stroman is a name, but Boyd. less names there than the reliever market. I'm a little surprised. Well, there's always less stars. Than, I mean, relievers okay, sure. are always there. Uh, and and Keiko, in theory, can give you seven innings and can just take the ball every fifth day and be good. Uh, I guess he maybe they're worried about infield defense. That maybe, was my thought, the defense. Maybe they're burned by Arietta. They don't love where they're at with Arietta. But even with Keiko, Keiko can still fill up a strike zone. Whereas Arietta, when he struggles, he's just all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Keiko won't cost you anything. Like that's the, I, I'm you could one year deal. Like you could probably get him for one year, like. 12, 13 million point, or prorated, whatever it is. And he doesn't have to shave his beard like the stupid Yankees. The dumbest <laughs> thing in sports. It It is, if you, like, I'm sure there are a lot of things that would be in the running for the dumbest thing in sports, but in 2019, the fact the Yankees still won't let their players have facial hair, very high on the <laughs> dumb in sports list. Very high. So, uh, and, and I, I, I'd be in on Keiko. I, I, it's fine. I, I would rather... I just I don't want to get I'm only, I don't want to give up prospects. I know you don't. That's I just, why I figured you'd be more in on it. I know. So I don't want to give up prospects. I think Keiko will be decent. Um, Kimbrel, I get it. I mean, a power pitcher that could just be your ninth inning guy and let everyone else under him. Like if, if Robertson's not coming back, if if Hunter, who should be coming back, I think he's going to start picking up baseball soon. But uh, like if you go into a postseason series right now, it's it's. Sir Neris. Anthony and Neris, and that's it. And then Morgan's going to come back soon. And then yep. you, it's just, if you, if you bring in Kimbrell, then it lets Neris settle in. But he, Neris has been really good in the ninth. And, like, I don't know, uh, he, he hasn't really been good anywhere else this season outside of the ninth mm. inning. So you're, you're moving him out of his comfort zone. Um, what? Owns the ninth I inning. know. Who would have thought that the issue would be moving Hector out of the ninth, not into it? I know. How about it's it? crazy. Uh, so uh, Sir Anthony's developing, and like he's Sir looking, Anthony's, yeah. looks like he's kind of coming back a little bit. Morgan's been good. Jose Alvarez, starter, hey, he's been okay. He's been good. So I, I Nishak when he comes back is Nishak. I understand in theory that it, it makes sense, but if you're if you're giving him two or three years, like. Yeah, That's I, just, what I mean, if you're giving him two or three years, I'd rather give him an asset and go get Ken Giles. I'd rather give him an asset and go get Vasquez or listen, whatever. Are we bringing back Ken Giles? He's been so good. I don't care. Toronto. He's been so I good. I don't care. I, would bring I him back hate in a second. that dude. Of course, but I'd bring him back in a second. No, I wouldn't. In I, a don't, second. I don't think he's I hate that. Pat Neshek. I root for him every time he goes out the pitch. I don't think Ken Giles is actually good. Really? No, I think he's. I think he sucks. I think he sucks. Why? He's he's, he's been great. I don't in care. Toronto. I don't care. He's he's average fastball of like ninety seven and a half. Pitching in absolutely no stress. I don't trust him in a big okay, moment. Okay, that's interesting. Well, look, the the big moments so far have not gone well, well for Ken Jones. Have you in Houston? It was I mean, a disaster. <laughs> I, the reason he's there's a reason he's a Blue Jay right now. So fair for nothing. Yeah, it's uh, fair. Uh, but, but, but theoretically, I'd rather go get someone who I 
uh, is it just a better pitcher? Yeah, I mean, I would rather, I would rather, I would give up big time prospects for a shutdown reliever that I know can still ascend, like Felipe Vasquez, for Blake Trinan if the A's fall out of it, um, like those kind of guys. Like I would give up something legit for. Um, I just, I just. I don't love the idea of giving Kimbrel money. Like, I, like, first I don't off, either. I really first off, don't. I know Keuchel's been throwing. I'm sure Kimbrel's been throwing, but yeah, like, but I don't feel as confident. About <laughs> yeah, neither do I. Yeah, neither do I. Like Keuchel's legit had like scouts come to him to watch him pitch. Who's watching Craig Kimbrel? Nobody. Like, like no one. Uh, bench in the postseason last year. He he saw spin rate decline in every single pitch he threw. Walking everyone, strikeouts up. Or strikeouts down, walks up. Like that's not a good trend. No, and he's thirty one. And he's thirty one. He's up and down, hit or miss. Like he's not a guy that that I don't know. He, he doesn't seem like a Phillies kind of guy. Like he's too inconsistent for them. I feel like. like. I think they want consistency. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. And yet, I do think if they do sign one, I think it'll probably be Kimbrel and not Keuchel. So. I agree with you. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be. I would definitely bet on Kimbrel. Yeah. And I would bet on no chance for Keiko. Yeah. I mean, like you never know, but it seems there's only like six teams. But the weird, the thing that I find frustrating is the, the six teams involved on Keiko are the, the Rays, Braves, the Cardinals, well, and the, the Rays, Rays and the Yankees. Yankees. I know. <laughs> Like no, it's like really like the, if the Rays are in, just be in. That's, your philosophy. The Rays are in, just go get them. That's what that's my philosophy. I, me too. From this point on. All right, let's uh, uh, talk about the most important thing. Forty minutes in the podcast. The draft. It's the biggest night of your life. Oh, draft. I love Until it. next year, draft night. That'll be the next biggest. Yeah, night but next year. year they're probably gonna picking in the twenties, and it's just not as exciting. So this is this is the end of an era. Yeah, it's it's the last chance. Of, well, I mean, obviously. Fourteen I mean, is trout, not as trout high as in the twenties. Yeah, so for sure. So there's there's players all over the draft, um, but. This will be the last time they're picking in the in the teens in the next decade. I would say. I love it. Let's roll with that. <laughs> the Why last not? time in the Harper uh, Harper yeah. era. again, they don't have a second round pick because they signed Bryce Harper. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was a mistake signing Bryce Harper since they don't have a second round pick. <laughs> <laughs> so they can't go. Yep. Uh, you know, can't go under slot and which, get a by steal the way, to that point, which is and like one of the reasons where and again, I don't think they end up with Keiko or Kimbrel, but. The whole draft and compensation in the Phillies case was so silly too because you're talking about the 91st pick in the draft or whatever it is. It's like if you really want one of those two guys, I, I would say you give up the 91st pick and you'll get them. But regardless, well, you also don't. I mean, I would. If I just I, don't think they want those guys. Well, no, no. But I would also say if I was Kimbrel Kikrol, I would Kimbrel or I would waited too. Yeah, I would just waited. Yeah, because you'll probably get more. But I'm saying if the Phillies offered the same amount now as they did a month ago, they would add a month extra of the guy. Right. Anyway. Um. So yeah. So fourteen. Uh, there's there's two names that look like they might be falling. Uh, looks like Hunter Bishop could be falling. I don't think he's gonna get past the Mets at twelve. Um. And oh, Jackson that'd Rutledge. Be a disaster. Huh? Well, yeah. But, uh, it would suck. But Jackson Rutledge looked like he could be falling a little bit too. Um. But listen, the the, the players I'd be really really happy with are. Rutledge, uh, George Kirby, the Elon pitcher who 107 strikeouts and six walks. It's good. And I think looks like Jacob DeGrom 2.0. Uh, he has a uh, elite, elite command. Uh, his off speed isn't unbelievable, but it's it's getting there, and the fastball I think plays up. Uh, Corbin Carroll is a center fielder uh, that's a high school outfielder from California. Elite bat to ball skills. The the only, the the reason I want him is because I just I can just see him batting 300. Like a long, for a long time, just a really, really solid. Maybe the power doesn't totally come, but I just think the the batted ball skills are phenomenal. Uh, Bryson Stott Stott is a shortstop from UNLV. Um, he he just is he's like a he reminds me of Corey Seager. 
in a, in a way. Ooh. He's very Ooh. It's he's a he's a Corey Seager, Brandon Crawford, not as good of a defender as Brandon Crawford, but has a swing just like Brandon Crawford. Okay. Um so job. I like I like Bryson Stott a lot. Um Hunter Bishop the uh, center fielder from from or outfielder from arizona state 22 homers this year had a, a woba in like the 530 range like just good? straight up breaks uh does have strikeout problems like he he has a 22 percent k rate which i didn't totally love a little high especially in college it's a little, a little high, high. Uh, and then matthew allen is this guy he's a he's a prep pitcher that's committed to florida and the only reason he's falling out of the top 10 like he's super talented. Like he's the best prep arm in the class. Only reason he's falling out of the top ten is because um, of signability issues. Sure. But the Phillies should have theoretically the money to sign him. And I would just like I think he, I think he reminds me of a young Jordan Zimmerman. Ooh. Like Jordan Zimmerman when he was actually good. Yeah. Uh, players that I would not like at all. Uh, Shea Langenliers or whatever. He's this catcher from Baylor. Catcher, yeah, I and saw he's that. a he's a defensive first catcher. He's had no. a huge Big Twelve no. conference and no. whatever. I'm gonna just give an emphatic no. To a defensive first catcher with the 14th pick of the Yeah, day. when you have Real Muto. I mean, well, that's the point, yes. Uh, Josh Jung's a third baseman slash shortstop from Texas Tech. I think scouts want to think he's Alex Bregman, but he's not. He's not Alex Bregman. Because like, nobody's Alex Bregman. No one's Alex Bregman. I, he's, uh, Josh Jung's fine. I just I wouldn't be excited about it. He's a third baseman. They have Boehm, whatever. And I don't think he can play shortstop long term. Logan Davis. And they have Luis Garcia at short right. two on top right. of that. Right. Well, yeah, but. If Look, it, I'm not saying you're not. You don't know what these guys are going to become. I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, Logan Davidson is a shortstop from Clemson who's too tall, and I think he's unathletic. Uh, Greg Jones is this guy who's flying up draft boards from UNC Wilmington. Former running back. Remember the guy? Played yeah. For the Jags. Yeah. Greg Jones. Big fan. Um, he's an 80 speed guy, but like. I don't know. He, he just reminds me of so many old Phillies picks where he's super athletic. He's Roman Quinn. Yeah, basically. Got it. Uh, Cody Cody Hosey, I think his last name is. He's a good a baseball name. Tulane third baseman. I, basically, I don't want guys going under slot, and these are all under slot that, guys. That I really don't want that. If I and again, I obviously don't know these names. I know these names because of you. I don't know these players. Um, I just don't want them to go under slot. That's really all I want. I want them to pick a guy who's worthy of that spot and pay him. Like. I don't, I don't think that's a crazy thing to think. Yeah, so the, the, if people don't know what underslot explain, is. Explain the underslot thing. To so it, there's a, a scenario. So you have a certain compensation for each draft pick. Uh, like whether it's like each one slot pl- is, is a set number right. for what the player should get or range. And the Phillies idea the last couple of draft picks and international slotting and international stuff is more like cast a wide net and see what you can bring in rather than taking the better talent and and just going from that standpoint like so the guys will fall if they say they won't sign you could take them later if you're willing to pay them there's a lot of different incantations of this. right so the theory behind going under slot is that you'll you'll take a guy who is a first round talent but maybe not in the right spot sign him for less money so you can save more money for later when other players fall and use it on them like so the reason they took Moniac number one overall was because he could sign him for under slot and they could use more money in the second round now in theory that works but their second round pick was Kevin Gowdy and he got hurt anyway and he's not he's not even that great so listen if you're gonna do it I don't know it's it's not and and tonight the reason that me and you both don't want them to go under slot is because they don't have a second round pick because they signed Bryce right. so you're not getting another draft pick until seventy one I think um, I thought it was even later than it might be it, it might be even later than that so I don't like the idea of going under slot I don't want them to go under slot I'd rather them uh I'd rather them just take like the the best player available I don't care if it's a uh, I don't care if it's another outfielder like Corbin Cor- Carroll's kind of like Moniac and Hazley, but like I like him more than Moniac, and I think he can be. I think he can actually stick in center field, unlike Hazley. So I just want them to take the the best talent and not worry about going under slot to cast a wider net. Like last year, they did this to get Dom Pipkin in the ninth round. I like Dom Pipkin, but like let's relax. All right.
It's a big night for you, Jack. I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about it on the next pod. I'm sure. Uh, let's hope they don't screw it up. I'm going to watch a lot of tape on whoever they. Uh, I know you are. You're going to be ready to talk. I just like. I just like I on Thursday's pod. Thing. I know what you're thinking. All right, Padres. Uh, Nola versus Eric Lauer tonight. Lauer, a soft tossing lefty. Uh, Chris Paddock. We get to see Paddock tomorrow. Mm. Jared Chris Paddock. Uh, for those of you who are staying up, which I think the vast majority of High Hopes Nation will be up tonight at 10 10 with us watching this game. Uh, tomorrow night, if you stay up, you'll see one of the best young pitchers in baseball in Chris Paddock. He is nasty. And then Jay Garrett against Joey Lucchese, the lefty. For the Padres. I hate Lucchese's like motion. It's, it drives I, me crazy. He's been good here, though, this year, good. though. He's good. He's good. You've always hated Lucchese. I think yeah. I owned him in fantasy last year, and you were like, he sucks. And he was okay. What can I do? All right. Uh, any general thoughts on the Padres? Obviously, Machado Harper. Not much yeah, excitement. Uh, this, just, just win two or three. <laughs> of course. Win two or three. Always. Uh, if if Bryce gets outdueled by Machado, it's officially uh, the hot seat for Harper. Um, oh, no. Think that's fair. Oh no! Think that's very fair. Oh no! Um, I'm excited. I, it's it's uh, it'll be a good test of this lineup versus a, a good bullpen. I mean, late in games, like we'll we'll see if they can yeah. fight back. I mean, Kirby Yates has been the best closer in baseball. The Yates of year. hell, baby. Yeah, Kerbert. Um, I like to call him Kerbert. Oh, the matchup of splitters. Him versus Naris. How about that? Um, it's gonna be, the the Phillies have to jump on their starters because if they don't, I think the Padres bullpen has a lot of interesting pieces to they it. They got good so. arms, Stam and Yates. They're a team that if they did fall out of it, would be a team you would hope the Phillies would target to yes, make a trade with. For sure. All right. Uh, any other notes to empty before we get to final thought? No. Lay your final thought on me, brother. Final thought is that I think I love Scott Kingery. Uh, I think he's been underrated. I thought he had a really good weekend. I, I, I like the way, I like the at bats he has. Yeah, he's aggressive. He's aggressive, and he and he's just like he's a good hitter. Right now, he's a good hitter. He's a good hitter. Uh, I, he's not going to bat three thirty, but uh, you sure about sure. that? Yeah, he's yeah. Uh, he just I I love watching him play. I like watching like when he gets a hit, I feel warm inside, and he's playing a decent center field for a guy who hasn't played there since his freshman year of college. And I just think I think his start this season has been a bit uh, underrated. I mean, this is a guy last year handed an unprecedented contract and. Twenty-four million is going to look like an absolute steal in a couple of years. I teased it before. My final thought: Did you see this about Jay Bruce from Mark Craig at the Athletic? Matt Gelb talked about it as well. Oh uh, yes, yes. Jay Bruce is obsessed with Statcast. Yes, he loves checking his numbers. He's all about exit velo, all that stuff. I was like, Jay, you're going to fit in just fine. Man. Yeah, well, don't worry. Don't Stat worry. Statcast fan Jay Bruce. The people are already complaining about the two twelve <laughs> batting average. <laughs> people so. are like. Jay likes analytics. Get him out of here. Yeah, get him out. Uh, Jay Bruce, let's... I think that's cool, though. I like that he's into that stuff, and he's checking the StatCast page and all that, because you know why, Jack? He's just like us. Just like us. I check the StatCast page all the time. It's a blast. Also, Jay Bruce, only 32. You would have think he's been in baseball for 30 years. Dude, there's no way that guy's 32. (laughs) He doesn't look 32. Big, lumbering old man is what I think of when I see Jay I know. Well, he's moved moved like he's 40 since he was like 24. Uh, It's a shame that they got two lefties in the series because he probably won't be in the lineup for two of the three games, I would think. No, but a late-inning pinch. He can be our Russell Brannion. Good. Him again. Uh, uh, Jay Bruce against Kerbert Yates. One on, two outs, top of the ninth. Boom. Yeah, well, listen. And then Naris comes in and closes it out. That's what I'm calling. I'm so glad that we actually have legit lefty pop off the bench. Uh, finally. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. All right, Fritz, uh, we will be back on Thursday. Hopefully George Kirby is here. Hopefully George Kirby or Jackson Rutledge or Hunter Bishop or one of these guys is Bryson here. Bryson Stott. And not some underslot guy. And then hopefully the Phillies take two or three. <sighs> be beautiful. All right, he's Fritz. I'm Seltzer. We'll see you later.